Long, long ago, the Sahara was a secret garden, a wonderland overflowing with leafy trees that touched the sky, waterfalls that glistened like diamonds, and flowers in every colour you could imagine. The weather of the Sahara was a playful friend. The temperature was sometimes a bit warm, and at other times a bit cool, but mostly it was just perfect. The breeze knew how to put on a show strong enough to rustle leaves and toss blossoms in the air, but it never got too wild or angry. And when the sky decided it was time for a little shower, it sent down droplets as soft and gentle as a butterfly's kiss, soothing the earth in its own quiet way. But today, as you might know, the Sahara is a vast desert. Only a few islands in an ocean of sand, called oases, are left to tell the story of when it was a cool green paradise. So, how did this greenery become a golden, scorching, silent sandbox? <sighs> The ancient Greeks used to tell a story about a boy named Phaethon. He was just a boy, but he was convinced he was half a god. And you know what? Maybe he was right. His hair was as bright and golden as the morning sun, and his mother always told him that this amazing hair was a super gift from his father, who was none other than Apollo, the god of the sun. When he was little, Phaethon would often boast to the other Greek boys, "My father is the god of the sun, so don't mess with me." And while some of his friends were impressed, not all of them took him at his word. A boy called Epaphus, who believed that his father was Zeus, used to taunt him, saying, "You're no son of a god." You're just an ordinary wimp of a boy. I should know because my father is the king of the gods. Then Phaethon went to his mother, Clymene, and complained. Epaphus is going round telling everyone that I'm a liar, and that my father isn't the sun god. Well, I promise you that he is the god of the sun," replied his mother. "But I need proof, mother, or else." I will be too ashamed to leave this house, because everyone will think I'm boasting and telling fibs. Hearing this, his mother raised her arms towards the sky, and declared, "By the radiant sun above us, that sees all and hears all, I swear to you, my dear, you are truly the sun god's child. And if my words are not true, may I never." See the sunlight again, but I need proof, mother," insisted Phaethon. And at last, she said, even more exasperated, "Well, if you don't believe me, your own mother, then all I can suggest is that you go and ask your father himself. You leave me no choice. I shall have to visit the god to ask if he is my father." A couple of years went by before Phaethon was able to keep his word. When he was old enough to travel alone, he sought out the god of the sun, 
whom the Greeks called Apollo. He headed east to where the sun rises in the morning, and after long travels, he came to the golden steps that lead up to the palace of the sun. The climb was quite a long one. He had to trudge up, 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 ever upwards. He felt tired, hot, and thirsty, but he didn't stop. After what felt like a million steps. He finally reached the world's top. It was there that he found the sun god's palace. It was taller than the tallest lighthouse, with shiny gold and sparkling bronze columns that looked like they were on fire. Shining ivory crowned the roofs, and the doors were engraved with star signs. He quickly found his way to the grand room where the brilliant sun god held court on his throne. The glow pouring from his father's golden crown was so intense, so dazzling, that he had to step back, raising his hands to shield his eyes from the blinding brilliance. Is that my boy? His father, the sun god Apollo, blinked in surprise. What lofty dream brings you to these sun-kissed heights? Phaethon, Apollo's child, mustered all his courage to answer. O shining star of our world, you dazzle my eyes. Am I truly your son? When he noticed his son squinting against the radiant brilliance of his divine crown, Apollo softened the light from his rays. In a show of fatherly love, come closer, my boy. Allow me to wrap you in a fatherly hug for the first time, and let it be known, your mother did not tell you fairy tales. I am indeed your father. However, Phaethon had come for more than just this. Father, there's one little favour I need you to grant me. Will you do it for me? Why yes," said the absentee father, who felt he had neglected his son until now. "I will do anything you ask. I give you my word as a god. Well, father, will you give me concrete proof of my parentage? Without this proof, the shame of being persistently labelled as a liar is too much for me to bear." Apollo responded with a question. Buried in the furrows of his divine forehead. But what proof do you need? Allow me to steer your sun chariot, father. Phaethon proposed. Let the whole world see me in the sky, driving your flying horses and pulling the sun across its daily course, and then everyone will, without doubt, know that I am your son. Upon hearing this, Apollo's face filled with instant regret. Three times he shook his radiant head. No, no, no! I may have made a promise, but your wish is dangerous, my boy. Even Zeus, the lord of Mount Olympus, who casually tosses lightning bolts as if they were little party candles. Would think twice before handling my fiery horses. 
How could you, a mortal boy, hope to undertake such a daring journey? Because, father, I am your son, Phaethon replied, confidence resonating. Handling chariots is our family superpower, and horses, they're like our playmates. Apollo shook his shining head for the fourth time, no less. Let me paint you a picture of the journey you're so eager to undertake. I'll tell you all there is to know about the sun chariot's daily trek across the sky. The initial stretch of the journey is a steep uphill climb. Even my spirited morning horses, all rested and full of energy, need to muster all their strength to ascend so swiftly. When we reach noontime, it's at the highest point of the sky, so high that even my godly heart skips a beat at the sight of the earth so far below. The final part of the journey, it's a dizzying dive downwards. The feeling of falling so fast often leaves me a god with a belly full of butterflies. I won't honeycoat it, my boy. That final descent is so intense that it can make the most seasoned traveller feel queasy. Father, I can handle it. I know I can. I did give you my word, and we gods, we can't go back on our promises. But I urge you to reconsider, my boy, lest I give you a gift that could be worse than your worst nightmares. But Phaethon wouldn't hear it. Instead, his heart was on fire with the idea of driving that chariot that pulled the sun daily across the sky. So, with a sigh, his dad led him to the magnificent sun chariot, crafted by none other than Hephaestus, the god with some blacksmith skills. Phaethon just stood there, his eyes nearly popping out. The chariot was a marvel. It had a shining golden axle, a gleaming pole, wheels with golden edges, and circles of silver spokes. It was all decked out with sparkly jewels and shone as bright as the sun itself. Just as Phaethon was busy checking out this crazy ride, dawn woke up in the east. She swung open her huge palace doors and spilt out a rosy light that turned the sky all kinds of pretty pinks. At the same time, the stars and the moon quietly slid off to their cosy beds, ready to nap through the day. It's go time, said Apollo. The world is waiting for their daily sunshine. We can't be late. But even after all my scary stories, do you still want to steer the horses, my son? I do, father. Well, at least take this piece of advice to heart. There's no need to crack the whip. My horses, they're eager and full of energy. They'll run fast enough without any extra nudging. It's best to pull back on the reins and keep them steady. 
Yes, father, I'll do as you say. Well, good luck, my son. The boy climbed into the chariot and thanked his unwilling father. Meanwhile, the son's spirited horses huffed and puffed, filling the air with their fiery breath. They kicked at the bars of the chariot with their powerful hooves. They could tell, too, that the boy in their chariot was a lot lighter than the god they were used to. So when they set off, the chariot sprang into the air and zipped upward as if it weighed nothing at all. Python was in over his head. He could not handle the reins and he was going so fast that he couldn't even see where he was going. The wind screamed in his ears and he felt both a burning heat and a cold at the same time. Poor Phaethon, when he dared to look down from the sky at the earth, way, way below, he turned a queasy shade of green, and his knees wobbled with fear. Oh, why hadn't he listened to his dad's advice? But it was too late to change his mind now. He was dizzy and didn't know what to do next. And as if things weren't bad enough, he saw monstrous shapes appearing in the glowing sky. He spotted the place where Scorpio's constellation flexes its pincer-like arms. When he saw the massive scorpion, its body dripping with inky venom, threatening him with its curved sting, he lost his nerve and let go of the reins. As the horses veered off course, they raced through unknown sky realms. Instead of descending, they soared even higher. The moon gazed in astonishment as they circled her, then dived back towards the earth in flames. The chariot exploded into a blazing inferno when they crashed upon the ground. Meadows turned ashen white. Trees became consumed with relentless fire, and the cornfields ignited into roaring flames. Mount Athos was set ablaze, and the volcanic peak of Mount Etna spewed forth flames twice as high as usual. Even the chilly Scythian snow melted under the intense heat. All this was dreadful enough, but the once lush and verdant land where the chariot touched down was reduced to golden sands. Apollo, heartbroken and filled with sorrow, concealed his face, and an entire day passed without the sun's radiant presence. When the light finally returned to the earth, the fires ceased their burning. The people and the gods looked upon the charred aftermath, their hearts heavy with sorrow. They could hardly recognise the land called the Sahara, where the chariot had landed. No longer did gentle breezes whisper through leafy branches, nor did sparkling rivers meander through lush valleys. Instead, endless stretches of golden sand replaced the honeyed fragrances of blooming flowers. From that moment on, the Sahara Desert became a living lesson etched on the earth's surface. The ancient Greeks saw it as a reminder of important things like having self-assurance without having to prove anything. 
not getting too full of yourself, and above all, never pretending to be a god. They even had a word for it, hubris. They believed that whenever someone had too much pride and thought they were above everyone else, something bad called nemesis would happen and bring them down. And so the story of Phaethon and the sun chariot will forever be told, serving as a lesson for future generations. May it remind us to be careful, listen to wise advice, and cherish our world's delicate balance. And that was the story of the boy who flew in the sun's chariot. But don't go away because we've put together some fun and fascinating facts about the Sahara Desert for you. But first, remember those activities from your childhood that filled you with confidence and excitement? For me, I used to perform conjuring tricks for my parents' friends. But of course, there are many activities to increase your confidence and creativity. That's why I'm delighted to share our family's experience with KiwiCo, the perfect way to inspire your child's creativity and learning at the same time. KiwiCo delivers a wide range of crates designed by a team of experts that cater to kids of all ages. And they provide seriously fun learning experiences. They start with activities for younger children and also offer ones that are sophisticated enough to engage say 9 to 12-year-olds, like ours. What could be cooler than building an incredible domino run? Well, how about assembling a battery-powered machine that carefully lays out the dominoes in amazing patterns, all ready to topple? It took us a little while to assemble the domino machine. It was a fun and constructive time together, and the results were terrific. It's a great way to learn about the power of chain reactions, kinetic energy, and more. So, will you put your tip-top toppling skills to the test? Are you ready to redefine learning with play? It's time to explore hands-on projects that build creative confidence with KiwiCo. And guess what? As a special offer for our listeners, you can get 50% off your first month, plus free shipping on any crate line at KiwiCo forward slash story. That's 50% off your first month at kiwico.com slash story. Now, our story this week was all about the Sahara Desert. It was, of course, a myth with a kind of inner truth, but not strictly scientific. I thought you might like to learn some fun facts about the Sahara. The Sahara Desert stretches across an area that's even bigger than the United States. It's the largest desert in the world. You'll find it in northern Africa, covering parts of different countries, including Algeria, Egypt, Libya, Morocco and Tunisia. During the day, the Sahara gets hot, and I mean hot. It can feel like standing in an oven, with temperatures over 50 degrees Celsius. But at night, it can get super chilly. Even though it's a tough place to live, the Sahara is home to some fantastic creatures and plants. Imagine a fox with big ears called the fennec fox. And of course, camels live there. The camels of the Sahara Desert are called dromedaries, and they only have one hump to carry their water. The Sahara has those enormous hills called dunes. Some of them are taller than the tallest buildings in the world. They're like giant mountains of sand. Thousands of years ago, it was much greener and more fertile. 
So the Greeks were right about that. Rock paintings in the region depict a much different landscape filled with trees and wildlife. It was home to ancient civilizations like the Egyptians, and you will still find the Berbers living there. But even if you live far away from the Sahara Desert, it affects your life, because the Sahara has a secret superpower. It can affect the weather all over the world. The winds and currents it creates can even bring rain to faraway places. It's like a global weather wizard. And finally, let's test your memory about the story. Do you remember the name of the main character? Right, that was Phaethon. And who did Phaethon believe was his father? Right, Apollo, the sun god. And what did Phaethon request from his father as proof of his parentage? Yep, a ride in the sun chariot. And what was the event that triggered the Sahara's transformation into a desert? Yep, Phaethon and losing control of the sun chariot and crashing into it. And do you remember the Greek word for the moral of the story? That's a tricky one. It's hubris, meaning excessive pride. And even more difficult, who was the god who crafted the sun chariot? It's good if you know that one. Hephaestus, the god of fire and metalworking and blacksmithing. Hephaestus is known as Vulcan in the Roman world. Okay, so you did really well if you remembered uh, Hephaestus. We hope you've enjoyed this story. We hope you've enjoyed our fun facts. We hope you'll check out our sponsor, KiwiCo, who are really good. And we will see you soon. From me, Bertie, at storynori.com. Bye for now.